0: Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. Our guests are the hosts of Art Erie, the series, Marty Wachukwu and Davana Paisley. And so she is kicking off Halloween season with The Platform on Netflix. I'm Mike Berlin, director of photography at Music Choice.
1: I'm John Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and director of programming for the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania.
2: I'm Erica Berlin, executive director of the Film Society of Northwestern PA. Welcome, Marty and Devana. Marty here is a community organizer for Erie County United, and she has helped organize the voices of activists and community leaders here in Erie to push the needle on various issues here in Erie with more force and impact. Devana is a co-founder and social media manager of Erie's Black Wall Street, as well as co-creator of Hearth Folk. Collective and a trained birth doula. She's also a commissioner on the Pennsylvania Commission on LGBTQ plus affairs. So welcome. We're here today to talk to you about your new Our Erie project, but let's go back a bit. You're both very active in our community and in fact leading a number of initiatives. But Marty, let's start with you. You have a very interesting background. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you come from?
3: Yeah, so I'm actually an immigrant. I um, was brought here when I was one years old um, and grew up in Pittsburgh. Interesting tidbits about me, I went to an all girls Catholic school and yeah, I went to Edinburgh which brought me into the county. Since then I have um, worked in and out of Erie but have been permanently in Erie here for three years um, working with Erie County United. So yeah, that's me.
1: I was just gonna say, what did you study at Edinburgh University?
3: I studied history and political science. Um, I was thinking I was gonna go be a lawyer but you know, it wasn't really for me after having a brief experience shadowing a lawyer, but I've always been a huge history nerd, and I think it still influences my work and how I see the world and recognizing how all the different pieces fall together and how we're not unique in our position in life right now. It's all the circumstances of decisions that have been made hundreds and hundreds of years before us. So,
2: Well, to quote my current favorite musical, history has its eyes on you right now, I think, Marty. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, what is Erie County
3: United? Um. So we're a grassroots political organization that most of our mission is focused on engaging residents to take any kind of action in the community, whether it's like writing a letter to the editor or showing up at city council and speaking truth to power or running for office. And then also working with other community groups so that we can have like a shared message about what the community needs. And also, you know, lobbying our local officials to see like, you know, you hear a lot of voices talking about the issues and most of the time they're the ones um, listening to the people in power. They're listening to, you know, the biggest voices. So we're there to find residents and other local groups to come together and be heard and seen together in a way that, you know, has not really been done here in Erie for a long time. Not that it hasn't been done before. That's what um, I do for a living. I'm lucky.
2: Very lucky, it sounds like. And you have an opportunity to meet a lot of different people that are also very active in the community like Devana. So Devana, uh,
4: what about you? Are you from Erie? Yes, born and raised here in Erie. I actually met Marty through um, Erie County United running for Erie City Council last year. Was that 2019? Yeah, that was last year. Um,
3: So that's kind of, that's how,
4: yeah, that's how Marty and I got acquainted with one another. And I was super pumped to meet her because, again, it was another young Black woman in politics here who you rarely see that. So that was really cool. And she really kind of ignited my fire when it came to wanting to run for politics. And then being in the space of all the things that I now do in Erie, which is interesting.
2: So you met each other, and you've been been working together ever since, and Erie County United is one of the things that you're working on together, but uh, you're also the founder of Erie's Black Wall Street, Mm -hmm. so I've heard a lot about this, but what else, you know, what is Erie's Black Wall Street doing? How did it get started? How long have you been working here?
4: Um, So my friends and I, uh, Kyra Taylor and Angelica Spragans, um, we, well, my wife is Angelica Spragans. Um, but we actually got together, I would say two years ago, well, now I'm going on three. But two years ago, we really just sat, we're having, it was just a general conversation because with friends, Marty knows, we always just have conversations and, and talk about what's going on in the city. And in that situation, we were just talking about Black business and just really not seeing, obviously it's, it's out there, but we really wanted a central space where people felt like it was a, a networking place, a community. And so we did some research. We saw that there was a Black Yellow Pages, Erie's Black Yellow Pages that had been going on for years. Uh, it was started off as a magazine. Shout out to Miss Cynthia Muhammad because she was the one that kind of ignited that Black business in Erie wanting to know who they are and how we can, you know, obviously what's the accessibility of it. And so with that, we decided that we really wanted to also find a virtual space and we created a Facebook page. Um, and that was spearheaded, honestly, by Kyra because she was like, let's start this. Like, let's put this page up, see what it gets. And it gained some momentum. People were posting in it. People were like, oh my God, did not know these businesses. Around And so we were like, okay, now that we have this momentum, what can we do uh, to, I guess, make a greater impact? Well, not, I guess, to make a greater impact. And so we started kind of just putting the work into figuring out what we can do outside of just being on a Facebook platform. And so Again, Kyra ignited the fire of being the incorporator of nonprofit. We all didn't know how to start a nonprofit. Kyra jumped in with that and really started the paperwork when it came to it. And then we got together and started talking about programming and things that we would like to see. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to uplift and empower the Black community through business, uh, cultivating relationships, networking, promoting Black entrepreneurship, and really just kind of getting people in the space to learn and educate theirself about business. And so we're in the very beginnings of it. Um, we became a Nonprofit. I believe June or July, we got our nonprofit uh, status, and so that was it. Was I mean, it's been it's a lot been going on because this is new to all of us, but it's really nice to see a lot of people you know who are like what is this? I want to be a part of it. And so it's nice to see that. It's really nice to see also businesses here in Erie that a lot of people did not know were here. Now they're getting a lot more, a lot more traction and a lot of people are get, are knowing who those businesses are. So we felt like we started we started something, we ignited the fire. And so that's what we like to see. What's your ultimate goal? So our ultimate goal, our vision is honestly to just create a space and and really here in Erie, when we one of the things that we started talking about was seeing that Erie was the worst place for African-Americans. And a lot of it is because of, lack of a lack of a lot of things, a lack of edu- good education, a lack of capital when it comes to business. Uh, uh, just, there's so many things that we really want to help transition and change. So our ultimate goal is to build excellence and wealth here in the city. And when you do that in our Black community, you're doing that for the entire community. It's not just because it's, well, yeah, it's Erie's Black community but it's it's when you're uplifting our community you're uplifting each and every community and so and you're up in uplifting an area as an entire space so that's really what we want to do is just continue the momentum and uplift you know business here and really uplift the community and say that this is a place that you can live this is a place you can have family this is a place you can own homes but there's a lot of systemic things that we really want to help fix as well so that would be it's very cyclical but that's you know it's a it's a long goal a long-term goal but that's That's what we would like to see.
2: Economically, you've kind of come together. Mm -hmm. You've created a nonprofit. You're starting to organize your community in that way. Mm -hmm. Politically, Marty, you're working on that side of things. So economically, politically, and now you're coming together with John Mm -hmm. on this other, you know, maybe to bring those two things together to create a a media presence. Yes, yes. To create an artistic media force Mm -hmm. to start broadening that message outside of internally in in that community Mm -hmm. to then go to a broader audience within our community to just tell the story and so that's interesting
4: that, you say that that's interesting you say that because even with black years black wall street we look at the analytics and we're not getting up we're getting a lot of people outside of erie that are like i want to be a part of these classes i want to be a part of certain things like what's going on so i mean we're getting people from virginia we actually are doing a um, credit repair workshop and we literally have people from virginia canada like other places outside of Erie that have signed up for the workshops and like, I want to do it. And it's so interesting because we really don't want to just stick with inside Erie. We do. But when you're building the community in Erie, you're building all community all across America. So I think when you're looking at it in like a more macro level of like your impact, I think that's like, it's dope because well, your, what you're great. talking about is that, is a well, the, is the, is the macro level pop pop. How are you promoting your classes? Facebook, social media, um, our website, we literally just started doing that. So we only, we just started one workshop that we're having at this moment. Um, but that's, was, that was really big for us because we were like, okay, this is first, our work, our first workshop that we're putting on. And now seeing that was like, okay, we're going to start doing some other stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, it was interesting. It was, it's, it's been dope. <laughs> You're literally yeah. putting area on the map, right? This is what, Oh, this is what we got to do y'all for good st- I mean obviously negative shit is happening and we do need to be honest about that's what's going on but I think bringing pride back was been was big for me pride and and really showing that we can be better we can do better um but that's going to take not one person it's going to take all of us so that's why I feel like it's impactful that we're all doing this because we do need to show what's going on in Erie like There's good shit going on here.
2: But I think that's something that we with the film society and the film office absolutely relate to. Sometimes people in our community, the only thing that turns the head is a story Mm -hmm. of, look at this, there's some success here. It was right under your nose and it Mm -hmm. took someone to come in from out of town to recognize it Mm -hmm. and say, you know, for you to go, oh, Oh, that's it. That is important. That can have an impact. Yes. But but that can be it. You know. Yes. And so, wow, that's really exciting. You know. Keep keep it up. Um, you know, and and uh, take bring those stories back here and take them to the people that make a difference that can help you and. Bring sure you will. the opportunity, you know, give you mm-hmm. give you some funding and mm-hmm. um, expand your programming here because mm-hmm. I I know that's going to be really really important for you and yes it's really exciting you know so we're working with John obviously you guys have the opportunity to tell tell your stories right so <laughs> how did you hook up with him and <laughs> uh, figure out how that you wanted to to start this our eerie series and <laughs> well first of all first of all John terrible. John what is this series that you've come up with. How How did this start, and how did you hook up with these two ladies?
1: Well, I I was blessed to have these these two women cross cross my path. Um, Our Erie started uh, after um, the election of 2016. CBS and i can 't remember all of the networks maybe Erica you can fill in some blanks but you know Erie kind of became um, a focal point of the national media mm-hmm. um, because you know flipping and mm-hmm. going for Trump and there was speaking of uh, you know negative the negative side of media and stories you know there were there was a handful of features on Erie where they would go and drive down 12th street and hit all the potholes. And it was kind of like, you know, not to, not to put down anybody's story or their experience, but you know, people were losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. The unions were getting knocked down, but it was kind of like one side of the story that was Mm -hmm. presented. And it really made it feel like Erie is like a failed, failed city. Yeah. And that really hurt. And so it pissed me off. And Erica, I, I called you up, I you know, called up um, a number of people, put us all into a room and said, hey, let's see if in a month um, we can kind of do like a rebuttal um, that's produced here in Erie. That's kind of like a counter to these stories. We did that, and we came up with, you know, a short uh, video. It had uh, like hundred thousand views in the first forty-eight hours. We were in the Atlantic, which was cool. You know, it, it was it was just kind of like a rallying call for for us here. Um, we always wanted to do more with our Erie. Um, it was always meant to be just kind of the first step, but. Uh, it never really worked out like ideas would come up fall away it just wasn't the right time and then you know I I met Marty and Devana and started you know talking to them about uh, in some other groups that we're in and I don't know It just uh, the kernel of of the idea of doing a series um, about our eerie and giving uh, you know what Marty and Devana both said you know giving um more people voices in the spotlight it seemed to be the right time and it is interesting that we're you know in the midst of another election when the time seems to be right again um but maybe i can i can hand That's off crazy. now that i've given you some roots <laughs> to how uh we we grew it from that little seed
4: <laughs> right okay so wait i don't even remember Marty, did we meet John on the same time? I don't know.
3: I met John at a year ago at a Democratic debate thing. I
4: you think know, that's like when some, I met him, too.
1: I think it was around but, the same time, like some Bernie debates like i was yeah it was bernie stuff. bernie stuff stuff yeah
4: because mm-hmm. i <laughs> wasn't really sold on bernie so i know bernie. that for a fact because there was you were like come on sit yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> i think i got to know you at um the green new deal meetings your deal you're
1: coalition ad-
3: yep
4: organizer in your own right right so yeah.
1: <laughs> a little bit Yeah,
5: <laughs>
4: i had also told john in over a drink i was like listen like i've always wanted to be in like you know like this was always like when as a kid i always wanted to be like in movies or something like that so he probably just kind of put that in his head like ooh movies she wants to be on tv like i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and we
2: we
1: vibed right and yeah we did uh these two are are very uh motivated and ambitious and so it seemed right so it was like all right, Marty, Devana, what do, what do you want it to look like? What do we want this to look like?
3: I'm a transplant, but I've really come to love Erie. And it makes me, it's always made me sad how um, much people who have grown up here, have lived here for a long time, put this community down. There's so many interesting towns. There's so many fascinating peoples. There's so many gems in this town. So I was really excited at the idea of, um, you know, highlighting the people or the foods
4: or the things that make Erie unique and interesting. Mm, that's powerful. You're right. There's like, you're right. There's a lot of talent, a lot of, a lot of gems. And I didn't even, now that you're saying that, I wonder, I always wonder why, but yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I always wonder why and we will have that conversation. We so. will, we will. Cause I hear a lot of transplants say, I love this place. And then I hear, even me, you know, I'm I've not, not going to lie. I've not always not loved Erie, but I've never always felt like it was the place that I was going to stay and I was going to be. Um, and so, you know, it's interesting that I'm here. At 32 years old, I'm in Erie sitting here doing work that I would have never thought. I always thought I was going to be somewhere like New York City or down south. Or my perspective changed within the last couple years of just coming back here from school in Edinburgh and really just looking at how different the city changed. And even going... Only fi- living only 15 minutes away, realizing like, dang, there's a lot that has changed, but there's a lot that I don't know. And there's a lot that I want to know. And so once I changed my perspective, kind of like, well, who are the people that I need to talk to? Or who are the people that like are doing things? And I really realized like, oh, there's, there's a lot of stuff that needs changed. And there's, I want to be a part of that. Like, and so I think it, it takes time because when you see a lot of stuff going on here, when you kind of like just this is all you see, it's kind of like it does make it hard to love it after a while, When you, especially being African-American, especially having experiences here that are just like you don't feel like it's home. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why a lot of people don't feel, you know, and I'm not you know, going to speak for everybody, but I feel like they're, I don't know why that happens. Because transplants love it. They're like, this is but the can, best place.
3: <laughs> but I can speak to witnessing how disheartening it could be meeting with leadership or talking to leadership or seeing the decisions that are made. That's true. But I think that's also what fuels my fire. It's like someone has to stick around and fight the fight. Right. Some of the we want to see some of us have to step up and just create it. We can't. You know, everyone's prerogative what where their journey is in life. But I think if you really want to change the place, you really have to fight for the place.
4: Okay, so not to get real dark, I just came back from a funeral not too long ago. The the sermon before the eulogy, um, the pastor spoke about getting in the ring and being a person who gets in the ring and like actually like you know he his whole it was like a whole story um, about just him and his and the young man that passed away. Shout out to Mr. Daryl Crosby, may he rest in peace. But he. Um, you know, he was big in sports. And so uh, Bishop Brock was actually the pastor who was doing it. He was talking about, you know, just getting in the ring and being a young person who has a lot potential, get in the ring and really make a change and make a difference. And so when you said that, that sounds literally like very, it's like very timely. That was very timely when you say that. I think it's important to like find what you need to do and like do it and make an impact. But I mean, that was a little dark. Sorry, y'all, but I didn't mean to.
3: I love the analogy of a fight, but I think that's what some people find overwhelming is like none of us are supposed to fight this alone. That's what we're all kind of collectively doing in our professional spaces. That's what we're doing with this podcast. It's like together, we can fight the change. It's not um, a race a solo race is a marathon when I'm tired you're going to pick up and pick up the slack you know so it's true. a group effort for us to make a difference here and that's, that's so what true. I love about Erie is that the people are awesome they all want to work together nice. and make this change so I'm happy to you know be starting this and meeting those people and letting everyone else meet those people whether that's... they're here or outside of town you know we have a lot to show and display
4: I know right hey.
2: <laughs> I know my. <Am> might <laughs> I have I have a comment. I've lived in Erie my whole life. I left for about five years and I came back and I growing up, I never knew anyone like you guys. Mm. <laughs> I ne- no, I never did. Erie's very I never knew anyone like you guys. I think Erie needs you guys because you're absolutely right if you guys I mean I can't do what you do mm-hmm. no matter what. No matter how empathic I am, I will never be you ever. Mm. I can't be you. And if no one is here to do what you're doing, if if no one says, look, Erie's not the city for me because it doesn't um, I'll never make a difference. Yeah, I can go somewhere else and it'll be a it'll say, it'll be a safer place for me. It'll be a more comfortable city city for me, more accepting city for me so I'm, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Thank you for staying here because I can't do what you do. Thank you, you know, John can't do what you do. Mm-hmm. And it's so inspiring to hear you say everything. And Marty, what you say, when I get tired, you'll pick up for me. I mean, and we have been tired because <laughs> we I bet. This. this is not the day. Sis. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I bet. But it, you know, it's just Erie's a different place now. Even hearing you talk that way, because I never knew anyone like that, and I see the difference.
4: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I mean, even the days that Mike says we have to leave Erie, he says that to me all the time. Yeah, just that- because, just for work purposes, when he's like, you know, because he actually doesn't work in Erie. And he spent four years commuting oh. to New York and because of wow. COVID, he's like working remotely and he's here. That's a whole other problem that we're <laughs> dealing with. But um, you know, it's it's he mm. doesn't want to live in New York. Oh no. I mean, I don't want to live there. Like I like living in Erie. And right. I think if the job market were different, we would never leave here right. ever. Right. And and I, I said this to him. I say this to anybody who will listen. I think COVID is going to change work forever, mm-hmm. and is. I think I think more companies will come to Erie because they're like, we don't want to be in a be in a huge city anymore. Where if a pandemic right. hits, it's gonna create it's gonna be a petri dish. Yeah, you know. That we want to be in a nice city like Erie where you know people yes. can like spread out when they need to mm-hmm. and be close when they need to and have a work life balance and people have a more relaxed state of mind and you mm-hmm. can have, you know, there's room to grow, Mm. you know, John, John is absolutely right. Like our Erie is very different than like the potholes and like the broken down factories. It's not like that. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of people who are doing cool things and there's culture and you guys have the opportunity to be like, be at the tipping point, Mm -hmm.
4: turn it over to the whole new era, you
2: know? Right. I don't know. And it's true
4: because even me, like personally, like I always thought like, okay, you know, I I really used to live in the future and I still do at times. I'm like, oh my God, like what about this in the future? But I really come to the point where it's like, at least now I can do what I got to do and at least try to make some impact while I'm here because who knows where God's going to lead me, where I could be, you know, later on I can go somewhere else. Like, I don't know what other opportunities I will have, but I know that right now while I'm here. I'm going to do the best I can to say that I did what I needed to do. And I feel like also I didn't want to be, I'm not, I like, I don't like to be a stagnant person. So like, I like to be moving. I like to be grooving. So I, I, I feel like that was going to be me. If I was here, I just needed to find what that looked like. Cause for me, I'm I'm not going to lie. I had a moment where I was having, I'm like, I'm leaving Erie. Like I don't, I don't have a job. Like I'm in, like, it was just a lot. It was a lot going on. We can get deeper about that later on, like in another episode, but I just, I've come to realize like, I have to create my own happiness. I have to create my own space and if whoever comes with me and wants to join in with me, that's fine. But I really wasn't going to do anything. I wasn't going to be stagnant while I'm here. Right. I might not be here later on. Who knows? Like, right. so I just feel like, why not? While, while I'm and here.
2: there's no one in your way. That's the no. nice thing about you. like, there's no one in your way. Oh, no, you can create your own Avenue. There's whatever. no one up here going, you can't do that. I've got this space covered. Uh-uh, there's no one that has that space covered. Right. It's there waiting for you.
4: Yes, look at that. <laughs> it's just these <laughs> systems we got to change because some of them are holding us back. It's but it's it back, may be the right?
2: system, but it's no
4: person. <laughs> it's your own self, you're right. Your personal self, like, I mean, that's a whole, you're right, like, who's really holding you back besides yourself? That's I right. mean, but that there's a lot more that plays into that though, in a different, in, in a lot, there's a lot more that plays into that too, though, <laughs> but you're right. So what are
2: I mean. some of the topics that you're covering in our Eerie series?
4: <laughs> oh man, we want to talk about it all. We, I mean, all the way to <laughs> with Cardi B and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and all the way the to pull out politics, head. like to who <laughs> is going to be running, running for president or not. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> We've had some
3: interesting guests already. We had um, Hannah Kirby from Embern and Forge and Guillaume from um, My Way Bar. And we can tell you the food is delicious. Yes. We're fascinating. So shout out to
4: the samosas. Yes. And My Way and Bar. And we learned some
3: history behind the samosas. You'll be
4: surprised. If you- <laughs> There's what? Really? Remember? Well he was telling us about samosas. Needs- oh yes. Yeah. So I'm just saying he needs to come back on though and tell us fully because you know.
2: And bring the samosas.
4: And bring more samosas, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like
2: <laughs> where and when can we listen to these? So this is a podcast. Yes. Ari mm-hmm. is a podcast.
1: Right. It it started, so when we first started talking about it, we were going to do a, like a web series. It was going to be, you know, a combination podcast and also have a video component. And we were going to do, um, basically break bread around a table at a different restaurant um, each mm-hmm. episode. And then invite, they would, uh, our hosts would invite guests to the table and have, um, you know, spirited discussion. Yes. Uh, about various topics. And then we needed to pivot, and uh, thankfully, Devana found us a, a, a grant opportunity through Erie Arts and Culture, mm-hmm. and um, so shout out to Erie Arts and Culture.
4: Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, we were able to pivot and do, do a podcast, so it's... Um, yeah, I guess consider it maybe, what would you say, like like a soft launch for this? It's
4: very, yes, series. very soft launch. We really wanted to get momentum, um, we really, before we even, plus COVID happened, so we had to kind of like veer off to the others <laughs> to a different area, but we really, our hope is to definitely do a web series later on because that would be cool to sit with people and break, well, you know, break bread with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, like, one of the first topics that they've tackled is, um, you know, the protest movement. So we're, we're not starting off easy. We're, no, <laughs> We're jumping right in.
4: <laughs> no, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, our first it's episode. Worth
5: discussion. Uh, it yes.
1: Should, it should be out. Uh, so this is going to air. It should be out about a week from when our listeners are, are hearing this. Uh, okay. Okay podcast episode and then um yeah we plan to release an episode a week for the next uh, few months at least great yeah
4: mm. i know and
2: it's called our eerie the series yep. Or just our
4: eerie our eerie yeah, our eerie okay. yeah yeah <laughs> i've been calling it the series just because you know but, but. okay It's our Mm -hmm. We just want to keep it open. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're catching
1: us fresh.
2: I love it. Well, you guys, I can't wait to listen to it. And it sounds like you've got a lot of content to cover. So there will be no shortage uh, of topics to discuss in the series. Thank you so much for being here. Come back anytime. It sounds like we have plenty to to discuss.
4: We could. That would be nice. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for having us.
0: All right. For the month of October, we're going to be uh, selecting some of our, I think, uh, unseen or less seen horror films. And uh, each of us will make our own selection. And uh, we invite you all at home to. Yeah. Pull it up on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever your streaming platform of choice is. And uh that way you can join in our discussion. For this first week, we were honored with uh Soci's Choice on Netflix. The platform is the name of this film. I believe it is uh it's a Spanish film. Yeah, Sosi, Why don't you take it, take it away? Tell us, Tell us
2: about, about it. it. Tell us about the platform and why well, you chose it and why you, you chose it
5: to get a good laugh oh. <laughs> honestly because number one there was that one particular scene that was embedded in everyone's brain towards the beginning of the movie but then also it's a good depiction of society yeah uh, tell, us, tell, us behind the the matter.
1: tell us the setup for the platform what's what's the synopsis
5: <laughs> Guy wakes up in a room And he sees in the middle of the room a hollow drop that he can't even see the bottom. So in Cliff Note version, it's like one, two, what is it? What was it that they found? Three hundred and...
0: Yeah, it's like... How many levels were there? It's like three hundred and nineteen or something. Three hundred and some
5: levels, different levels. Each day, this conveyor belt which I'm kind of curious because I don't think anyone knows how that thing actually operated, but it would bring down food and each level would have an opportunity to eat to a certain degree. (laughs) Once you got down to the bottom level, there wasn't any food. So pretty much you starved, you died, or you did some unspeakable stuff, which we're not going to get into. But again, it's the true form of society, People are more quick to reach out and get what they want first instead of sitting here dividing it to where everyone eats. Well so But you know the scene that I'm talking about at the beginning, right? I I know. I know. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was waiting for you to say something. To say cannibalism? Is that what you're doing? Wait, is that what you're going with this?
5: (laughs) No. When the Uh, guy had the rope. When he has the what? when the guy had the rope and he was trying to climb up.
0: Oh, oh yeah, that. Oh my gosh, yeah, that part. Oh, there's a yeah. couple of, I, I, I think. There's a few parts. There's a few parts. I mean, uh, the one girl who comes down and like, it, there's some, actually some pretty good action sequences for a horror movie, I feel like, uh, that'll sort of yes. keep, keep the audience. Uh, I think one of the things I appreciated also about the platform is like, you do not know, there's a interesting biting commentary, social comment, laced throughout the story but it's also from just an entertainment standpoint you don't know where it's going
2: yeah.
0: it it asks some pretty uh profound questions without giving answers and just letting
1: it be
5: yeah yeah i thought it was a uh each level he learns something new about a person
1: and himself i would say mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so see it was uh you know a good uh, i mean it's a very obvious you know Metaphor for life, right? So I I was curious if it was going to hold up over time because it is so simple. Um, but I didn't get bored with it at all. Um, you know, I, without spoiling anything, once once we get to the end, I was I was satisfied by the conclusion. And um, yeah, it's not for the faint at heart. It does get violent, but I think there, there's a good message in there. And um, if you, I can- mean, I think it's a bleak message. But yeah, is, it's, 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 I
0: don't yeah. know if it's a good message. It's a real message.
5: Yeah, like Sosi said, it's, I think, that's the message. that a lot of, yeah, that's what now lacks, a real message. Instead of always trying to find a fluffy way of saying something, saying something the honest, genuine way, just like if the sky's blue, we're not going to sit up here and try to say it's a crimson red or it's a purple and try to have a discussion about it. It is so- what it is. <laughs> so, so, so let me throw this question at you you
0: know i i felt like um having seen it it's just like a couple of times that where it's just like this maybe i'm stretching here but do you think that this is the type of film now sort of dissecting it, it's so it's the type of film that wouldn't get executed in america the same way like we would try to we would try to punctuate it with maybe a a, a more of a silver lining silver lining happier ending uh Do you think part of the reason that the film is as effective as it is, it is uh, produced in Europe?
5: I think a lot of things produced outside of America (laughs) show more of an unfilteredness, minus a few countries. But overall, especially like when it comes to the independent film group, that's why I like your uh, perspective of things. When you guys go behind the camera, because you're not answering to anybody You're just doing what you naturally do, just like the sky is blue. But anyway, hell yeah, the censorship in America would have definitely had it. Like They would have had Ben Diesel come out of somewhere on level 319, saving the day. Platform. Yeah, they would have definitely done something like that. I would. Lo-
0: I'm all in for the platform Disney Plus
1: version. That that
0: would be. <laughs>
5: let's
1: see what the, Let's see what happens.
5: Uh, so the Jonas Brothers saved the day, right. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, you gotta go. Gotta go outside of the studio system, or you have to go to another country um, to get like a real, a real take a lot of times i mean there are clever filmmakers in the studio system that will find a way to put a honest message into a you know a polished glittery studio film you will find one occasionally
5: less and yeah. less though less and less yeah i mean honestly the hollywood you're saying version it, you're saying it right mike yeah the hollywood version because um, when it comes to race when it comes to child trafficking when it comes to real honest topics, they're always filtered out or they're always given a real fluffed over, looked over kind of vision, if that's a proper way of saying it. I think that is it's a proper just way of like, saying it. Yeah. Does it even exist? These do exist. Every time you go into Walmart, you always see missing photos. Every time that you look on TV, you see something racial. But when you look in films, they always give you a real. PG, not even thirteen version of it. I
0: know what you're talking about. Like what I feel like with a lot of times, and is that particularly in American cinema right now, you'll get the flyover. But what? It, what seems to be the difference? Whether it would be something, uh, you know, some filmmakers in uh, South uh, South America, some some you know sort of Asian films and uh, some European, they will do. They'll get a little, They'll get their hands dirty into it. It's not just a flyover, and you will get more of the ripple effect and consequences of that issue that they're putting a magnifying glass to.
5: I think the last film that I actually seen that was somewhat close to being real. A Nicholas Cage 8mm, I think it was called? Oh, yeah. yeah. Back in the day. That was the last time that I saw something that was real scary, but it was reality. Like, this is really what's going on. Reality is not talked about. That's why it seems like movies are so nice to get away from, you know, for a second. It's that little 60-minute escape. It's not real.
2: Reality is so terrifying right now that I think people... (laughs) Don't want to see it in movies.
5: Hey, I, mean, there's something reality I don't want to see horrific over here.
2: movies. So. I want to escape to like, I want to escape to Hamilton right now. I want to escape to like The Office. Like I'm re-watching The Office right now because it's like the lightest weight, you know, comfort food. I mean, Mike and I were talking about this the other day. Like what's the comfort food version of television? And it's comfort food because you need comfort food Like horror is so hard for me right now because... Horror is what's real. Horror is what's on the news. I Well,
5: to your the point- The last 60 years have been comfort food.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and like, I think, and here's the thing. I There have been, this goes back to what we were originally talking about, where it's just like, you've got somebody like Frank Capra from back in the 50s or back in the 20s and 20s, 30s, and 40s, and Capra figured out a way to give you that popcorn American apple pie slice, but he didn't necessarily water it down. He would do something like a film like The Apartment uh, with uh, Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine, if you've never seen it, where he's talking about kind of income inequality. But he's putting it, but he's got Billy Wilder, and so he's got this great script to work, to work off. Or uh, what's another one? Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And he's talking about, in 1939, he's talking about the issues of corruption in politics. And he's tried to call it out. And this is in 1939 when we have a very patriotic America and stuff like that. And he's sort of doing it with Jimmy Stewart and he's giving it like this light touch. But at the same time, he's like, hey, shit's a little fucked up, you know, like we should we should we should strive for our greater ideals, that American dream and the wholesomeness of it. But he's like, we got to be careful of it, because if you're not paying attention to the dark side of it, then then the scales get further out of whack. And to your point Erica, you do need popcorn. You totally sure. need popcorn. That's You're there's nothing wrong with. Right.
2: That. You're absolutely right because pretty much in the same conversation we're becoming too numb to to the horror of reality and what happens when you go back to the comfort food to make yourself comfortable to the horrors as opposed to doing something about it. So <laughs> it's still the fact that I don't want to escape to horror, fictional horror, when there is horror around us, you know? So that's the that's the thing. It's like, do you go to comfort food to get away from the horror or do you do something about it, you know? So I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm trying to escape and not taking action about anything, but I really am not doing anything about it. But anyway... Um, I'll just back away now.
1: <laughs> it's all good. I mean, there's different different tastes, different audiences. Uh, you know, um, there's a diversity of content and a diversity of audiences. Um, I think that, you know, someone started off with, hey, somebody, you have to explain everything in a Hollywood movie because audiences are too stupid to follow the plot. And keep all the characters separate. Like I don't know if they've ever actually like proven that in any way, but for some reason it's like a consistent thing of thinking that the audience is is too stupid and not interested. In, um, you know, approaching. Topics of reality or, or discomfort, something that might be complex. I mean, you look at a show like The Good Place, right? Which would be um, you know, similar to the platform where it's like this metaphorical construct that's done in an interesting visual way. That show is super complicated and they cover all kinds of like philosophical topics and, and stuff like that in every single episode in a very light way. And that show is a hit, and everybody likes that show. Why can't we have more shows like that? Why can't we have more, you know, movies and stuff that challenge the audience? I think they can handle it. It's just that, yeah, in the pandemic, not everyone may want to watch a horror movie. I I totally get that. But there are people that do and there are people that want to see films like The Platform because it speaks to, uh, you know, a, a part of our society that maybe we need to shine a light on a little more.
0: Well, I would say this. There's different types of horror films, too. And not everything is as socially conscious driven as the platform. There are kind of some popcorn horror movies. Oh,
1: there's tons of them.
2: (laughs) Pumpkin head, is that what you said? (laughs) Well, and also there's maybe horror is... The only way to reach some audiences, you know, you might have, you know, horror movie fans that will watch any horror out there and they think a movie called The Good Place with Kristen Bell in it and it looks like, you know, kind of a cheesy popcorn girly show. I mean, they may just see it for, you know, they might look at the, at the thumbnail on Netflix, but like, that's not a show for me, but give me any horror movie and you're giving them the same message. You know, it's just the vehicle for, for how they receive it. So, um, you know, I think that the social message, it just depends on, it just depends on the, uh, the spoon in which you're feeding it, <laughs> but thats still you're still getting the same message, so
1: well I would say uh Socy, good, good pick, good solid pick, good to pick, start
0: us yeah
2: off. good one
0: okay, so for the next week uh coming up, I want to direct everybody towards Netflix once again, and I want us to watch the two thousand and one brad anderson horror film session nine i don't know if, uh, if everybody else on here i don't know if everybody else has seen this this is kind of and you're gonna laugh but it actually features a pretty good david to DeCup- come or david caruso performance in it and this was a seldom seen horror film that has it, it is it is truly psychologically unsettling it's not super violent so you'll appreciate that. But it is it makes you feel all sorts of uncomfortable.
1: Why don't you tell us a little bit about the, the synopsis,
0: the synopsis? Uh, OK, so uh, if I'm remembering correctly, because I apologize, it has been a minute since I've seen mental it. But they mental are mental. They, they are a cleanup crew and they have been hired to clean up asbestos in a mental ward and. As the job carries on, things start to uh they they start to have um how should i put it uh not everybody is seeing the same thing on the,
1: they start having experience they
0: start having experiences uh that um yeah that they're not all on the same page with.
1: I, I love this film. And it's a great choice. Uh, Brad Anderson, I followed like every one of his films ever since Session 9. Unfortunately, most of them I've been disappointed. But this
0: is a good one. This is actually, and I, I feel like this, I'm not just saying this from a horror standpoint. I think this is like sort of one of these horror films that time sort of forgot a little bit and really deserves a uh, a more in-depth and uh, greater audience than it, than it has.
5: Isn't that the guy from CSI Miami? It is the guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, some yeah, might, some, some might say NYPD Blue, again.
0: but sure, CSI Miami oh, works.
5: Blue. Yeah. <laughs> He's right, more okay. notoriously known for being on CSI with the sunglasses. He always had to stand at that angle like he was in the, you know, taking a selfie in the bathroom. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. That's
0: pretty, yeah, it's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. Horatio. Oh, uh, uh,
1: yeah.
0: so, so session nine. Watch it.
1: Good. Enjoy. Yes.
0: yes. And uh, yeah, and we can uh, all do our best David Caruso uh, next week. Well, folks, that's been our episode. Thank you to Marty and Devana from Art Eerie, the series. You can follow Art Eerie on Facebook and listen to the podcast where you do podcasts. Make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grade.